awesome. I wasn't sure what I was supposed to be singing, but I <laughs> found it there. I remember in my in my 20s, I realized I really want to be a bass, but I'm a tenor, and uh, I had to, I felt like it wasn't good. But then I realized that all the tenors are the ones that make money. Yes. So, uh, not that I'm going to be doing that anytime soon with my voice, but awesome uh, singing, guys. We're, I'm excited. If you're here visiting with us, we've been going through a series called Simplify and trying to simplify our lives. Is that a good thing? Yes. Okay, so we're back here. We've complicated it during the week, and now we're going to re-simplify uh, here. We've talked about loving God with all our mind, with all our strength, and with all our soul. Last week, Jake talked about bringing Jesus into our home and with the cool analogy of our homes being like the ambassador embassies for Christ. And so when you come into our home, you see Christ. And today we're going to be talking about bringing Jesus to work and bringing Jesus on our job. Or if you're a student, every time I say work, you can think about school. Or if you work in a school, you could say work and school, because we have a lot of those here with us as well. But the title is called Good Job. And it's a little play on words that we want to do a good job, but we also want to uh, be blessed and be grateful for the job that we have. And ultimately to focus on the most important job that we've been given by Christ. So let's start off with a prayer. Father, we thank you so much for this time to be together. Thank you for your word that, that lights a path for us and shows us how to live in so many different ways. God, I pray that you'd be with me and, and those who are sharing uh, with me that we can uh, really glorify you, that, that it won't be us speaking, but truly you. God, we love us. We do want to hear those words at the end. Good job, good and faithful servants. Amen. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So in the beginning... Oh, before we get, as we're getting started here, last weekend we had the opportunity to go to Mexicali, and this was our crew here at the, the, the children's home, and thank you so much for everybody who gave. We were able to bring about $700 with us to buy them food and propane, and we had trunk loads of uh, clothes, and we had a big old bag of uh, stuffed animals that somebody donated. That was a real hit. And so thank you for, uh, for all your, your blessings that we were able to share. And we had an amazing time. We got to meet with the church there, uh, about 20 of the church members. They had us over to one of their homes for tacos, of course. And for some reason, the tacos tasted better down there. I don't know what it was, but uh, it was a great opportunity. This was us. Uh, before we arrived, we had to go get Chinese food. It sounds weird, but we got Chinese food in Mexicali. And it was better also than the Chinese food here. I, I mean, it's like, I don't know what it was. We crossed the border and everything tasted better. Uh, but Armando likes to go here because they treat him like royalty. He knows everybody and they hook us up. And uh, we had an awesome time. So thank you for taking us. We're going to be going again in April, April 18th, I believe. It's the Saturday after Thanksgiving. If you... It's a holiday. I'm trying to simplify. I'm already at Thanksgiving. I got to come back here. Man, I'm getting ahead of myself. 
so if you want to uh, come with us, especially Spanish speakers, we'd love for you to come with us. Go to church there afterwards. Uh, they were super encouraged uh, to have us there. Uh, and many of you know, as was already mentioned this past Wednesday, Crystal was baptized. And uh, to see their whole family. Did, is she here? Okay, we got to make her stand up. There she is. All right. And uh, it was just amazing to see their whole family, almost their whole family, united into Christ there. And uh, their two boys and their dad, her, uh, their dad uh, there. So what, a, what an awesome night. Uh, it was a, what a great way to kick off the Tazai family group. I mean, that was their first meeting together. So that was amazing. Uh, so Genesis chapter 2, back to the good job. It says that God blessed the seventh day and made it holy because he rested from all the work of creating that he had done, that God from the very beginning worked. And he did it in an amazing way. He created everything around. You could see the result of his work. And at the end of that, he rested. And you might be saying, why are you talking about resting when we're talking about working? God wanted to show us that it's, he wants us to have a balanced life. Not just work all the time, but also rest. Yeah. It wasn't that God needed to rest because he doesn't even get tired. But he wanted to set an example for us. And, obvious, and also that is a precursor to what heaven is going to be like when we get there. The ultimate rest. But even as, you start, as we start to realize that you do not get your value from your job. From what you do, from your production, from your reviews, from what your boss thinks, that you get your value from Christ. And that you're able to rest in him no matter what you do. And with him, it doesn't matter really what you do in this life. But if you're going to be resting with him in the next. And so even as we start to, to be able to focus on who we are, that we are created to rest with God and work to glorify God. And even, the first, even Adam, when he was created, says he took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work and take care of it. That we were created to work. We were created to take care of things. We're created to make it awesome. And if you want to really take it literally, we are created to be in gardening and horticulture. <laughs> I'm not going to go there, but I've been enjoying this uh, lately. But there's even some people that believe that when you get to heaven, you're going to work. Because this was before sin entered the world. That that's part of who we are is this idea of working. And if you're one of those people, I say, you go right ahead, but I'm not. <laughs> right? You can work there, but I'm, I'm not going to work in heaven. Uh, unless it is like the most fun work you've ever done. That's what I want to do. Point number one is enjoy your work. Enjoy your work. Find joy in what you do. When you go to work, when you go to work with with a grateful heart, you find joy in that. When you have the fruits of the spirit and you're bringing God with you, you automatically find the good and you find joy. Sometimes it's easy to find. Sometimes it's not so easy to find. 
But at the very least, the scripture that Christian shared earlier, that God has given you the ability to make wealth. He's given you the health to be at work. He's given you the, uh, the opportunity to provide for your family, to use your talents, and to be like Christ. And we're going to read the scripture in a minute that talks about that. But it made me think about some, some jobs that I've had in the past. And I just wanted to ask, what, are some of the, what is the job that you had in the past that you would rather have not have had? Okay, Sean? Door knocking for Time Warner Cable. Okay, say it isn't so. Okay, Gabe? Fast food. Okay, fast food. Barry? Cleaning out veterinary cages. Cleaning out cages at the vet. Yeah, that's a good one. April? Telemarketer. Okay, that. I feel sorry for those people. Yes. Treat them nicely, at least when you, right before you hang up on them. Okay. Cleaning, housekeeping, cleaning toilets. I mean, I remember the job, one of the, probably the worst job I ever had. I was a coffee bag thrower in South Florida at the port of Fort Lauderdale. And so, you ever wonder how the coffee bags get to the, we got them in from South America and Central America and they came on these pallets and we would load trucks, we would load railroad cars and it, from 120 to 180 pound bags, you got a guy on each side and you're just throwing them in there in the 95 degree heat and 90% humidity. And then when you get in the trucks, it's like 115 degrees. And they were burlap, and I was allergic to the burlap too. So that made it even more fun. So I got to sneeze on all of your coffee uh, before it got. It was before it was cooked, so it was okay. It was, and we worked, we worked with uh, a lot of these, a lot of guys that had come from Cuba when they had the, the Cuban refugee crisis in Miami. And so they all came over. And so it was a really interesting experience. And that actually ended up saving my life one night that we were out in Miami Beach and we were walking along and there was a group of fellows that were approaching us. You could call them a gang. And the guy at the front of the pack was my coworker. And he politely took them to a different direction and I was praising Jesus that I That made me really grateful for that job. Enjoy your work. Sometimes you gotta find it. Sometimes it's easy. It says that In Ecclesiastes 3, that each of them may eat and drink and find satisfaction in all their toil and all their work. This is a gift from God. That God actually allows you to enjoy what you do and find joy. It says, so I, I saw there was nothing better for a person to enjoy their work because this is their lot. That whatever we do, whatever you do, that you can find joy in what you do, because God has given it to you because he has blessed your life. And today I have a couple of guest uh, speakers here that are going to help me with this, because I know that as I talk about work, you guys are thinking, well, you don't have a real job in a real place. I mean, your co-workers are all Christians. I mean, come on, that's not really work. Uh, 
Maybe you don't think that, but I wanted to get a little help from my friends here today. So Lacey Aubrey is going to come up and share her conviction about work. My name is Lacey Aubrey, and like you said, I was um, asked to speak about bringing Jesus to work with me. If you guys don't know me, I am a high school Spanish teacher, and I absolutely love my job, love my profession. Um, I'm also a dance coach and have quite a few other roles on campus. My department kind of calls me Mikey from the 1970s Life commercial, like, give it to Mikey, Mikey will do it. It's kind of me. Um, I've always been blessed to be surrounded by amazing people at work, which really helps me cherish my job. I recently read a study that spoke about God's favor, and the Greek term, I'm going to say it in Spanish as far as I know, caris, which gives us our English word charisma. It talked about favor being the gift of influence, open doors, acceptance, prepared, and prepared and paved pathways for building meaningful strategic relationships and experiencing unprecedented positive opportunities. These are all things that God gives us that we could never experience without him. The only thing we can put into this is expressing and demonstrating our gratitude for it through our hearts and our actions. In Colossians 3, 23 and 24, it says, Whatever you do, work at it with all your heart as if working for the Lord, not for human masters, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ you are serving. I know that many people I work with or come into contact with do not get to experience favor because they do not know God. And ultimately... I am working in hopes to show them what that favor looks like. I have found that most people have two perspectives when it comes to Christianity. They either feel extremely judged and condemned, or they are watching to see if someone's faith is real or valid. This is really little. My goal is to never give people a reason to question my faith, or more importantly, to feel judged by me. When I moved down here 14 years ago, the first person I spoke to was another Spanish teacher at the school I was about to start teaching at. Little did I know she would become one of my closest friends. We worked more of my career together than apart and still continue to bond over everything Spanish. When I first became friends with her, I did not go into, into it with the thought that I was going to make her love God or convert her. I just chose to be someone that she could count on, trust, and confide in, and she was the same for me. We have bonded through the love of everything Spanish, but with other coworkers, I find a way to bond. For some, it might be working out, others books, others travel. I'm not quick enough to invent interests, uh, but God provides, he gives favor, and provides opportunities for us to find commonalities. Mm -hmm. We can talk about life, and even knowing that our views are not the same, talk about God with openness. Me sharing about God, them sharing their own perspectives. I have seen these opportunities as gifts. An opportunity to have a relationship and put someone else above myself keeps me motivated and definitely keeps me humble. Many of my coworkers, and especially my close, close friends, many of you know, and know a lot of people here in this church. And because of this common conviction, they can see that God is loving and is real because we all share that in common. And I super appreciate that about our church. Um, God and his people have loved me through some very difficult times, and he continues to show me favor. I want my coworkers to know that even in difficulties, my faith and convictions stay the same. All of this potentially sounds easier said than done, which I completely understand. But it is through little situations that we can demonstrate our be beliefs. Last year was a complicated one for many of my friends and I, that I have made at work or at the gym. Listening to their struggles without having a solution has been challenging for me. Late nights, negativity, and trying to find compassion are not things 
that I've traditionally excelled in, but I've been given many opportunities to learn. It's hard when you know the answer is Jesus, but people are blinded. And I just continue to think how amazing it will be when they come to some, some sort of realization that Jesus really is the answer. Whether I get to see that realization or not is besides the point. I'm serving God, and so therefore have to use those opportunities. Amen. One main point of confusion that people have with me is the fact that I'm single. I am frequently told that I'm picky, need to change. I'm asked if I'm interested in meeting people's friends and asked why. This could easily be a point of discouragement, but instead I try to use it as a way to demonstrate my beliefs. My explanation is always the same. If I'm going to make it to a specific destination and I'm with somebody on a different path, one of us is going to have to change paths, and that's not something I'm willing to do. I've actually never been questioned or argued with when I've, asked, when I've given this response, and hopefully it's because they see the response as valid and they see my path and not because I'm just really passionate and stubborn. <laughs> Could be both, but we're going to go with the first. Uh, God has showed me a lot of favor by opening and closing doors and has given me many close relationships at work that I would not be able to cherish without his favor. There's no reason for me to think that trying anything on my own is going to produce the same effect. I know I'm not working for human approval, but these things, but these are things I have to remind myself of each morning. Thank you. Amen. Wow, thank you so much for that. You have it's amazing. You can see the passion coming out of her, and uh, thank you so much, Lacey, for how you bring Christ to your job in so many amazing ways. Uh, we're going to watch a short video clip about Jesus at work as we continue. You've probably seen it. <laughs> Amen. 
Yeah, so you get an idea of Jesus at, at work. I mean, that he spent most of his adult life working and, as a carpenter. And you can imagine the, the focus and, and, and detail and, and, and creativity that was shown here a little bit, as well as his joy in, in, in making a living and supporting his family as the oldest son uh, would have done in that time. And I know we have some carpenters in here and other that can relate in a special way, but just that spirit of bringing everything you have to what you do. And I love that. And my second point is be righteous. Be righteous at work. And Jesus talked about this in so many different ways that I'm not going to get into it in a lot of ways. But he talked about having a righteousness that's even greater than the Pharisees. You know, so how does that translate to us? It's be different from religious people that don't live it out. Right? To, set, to have ways that we show our love, we show our compassion. We're, we're not just the same as every other person that goes to church because we have something special from Christ himself. He talks about being a light on the hill that when people look at you, they see God. That they see him in, in, in how you work and how you, how you live. To be above reproach. To make the difficult decisions to do the right thing. To have integrity. To let your yes be yes. That sounds so easy, doesn't it? And let your no be no. To disagree well. When you're at work, to be uh, someone that can disagree in a good way. Right. And, And be someone filled with grace, seasoned with salt in your conversation. That people are amazed, and, and depending on who we are, some, some of us, maybe we have too many conflicts, that we want to change everything, and we want to question everything, and maybe we're not really good team players. And so we probably need to not have so many conflicts at work, to get along, to, to be someone that's easy to lead, to make our bosses work a joy as long as it doesn't violate our conscience. And for a lot of us, maybe we'd never have conflicts at work because we don't talk about stuff. You know, we don't bring it up. We don't have those crucial conversations with with someone one-on-one in a nice way that brings up your concern and asks them to change in a certain way. And you're demonstrating your faith. That was the thing that actually showed me that the Bible worked when I, because I never did that before. If someone sins against you, go between the two of you and tell them what they did and ask them to change. I never wanted to do that, but it actually works. It doesn't just work at church. It works everywhere. Inside the church, outside the church, it doesn't matter what people believe. If, you, if, you, if they feel respected and, and in that way that you're trying to help them, that they're going to see... And they may not take it well, but at least they're going to see how you're supposed to do it and how you resolve conflicts in an amazing way. Imagine Jesus, imagine Jesus calling Matthew and him leaving his tax collector job. How could he ever go back to it? You know, there's some times that we can have jobs that we just shouldn't have. Whether it's the particular job or whether it's just the environment or just what they want you to do or whatever, that there are those situations where you're like, you know what? This isn't the place for me as a Christian. And Matthew got a new job to be a preacher, but I don't know that he would have been able to go back and be a tax collector after he walked with Jesus for a while. 
And I love this verse in, in Mark 7. It says, people were overwhelmed with amazement. He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf hear and the mute speak. And this is right after he healed somebody. But just that idea of doing everything well. How would you like to have Jesus as your older, oldest brother? How many oldest siblings do we have in here? Raise your hand if you're the oldest. All right, so everyone younger than you and your family probably didn't like you at certain times. But can you imagine? Why can't you be like Jesus? I mean, Jesus always listens and pays attention. I mean, look at Jesus's room. I mean, your room is a mess. You know, that would be horrible, but maybe you work with people like that. When we compare ourselves to people we're around, we, that's not how you live like Christ. I've spent years doing this. Well, I'm not as good as this person, or I don't match up to that person, or that person's way better at this. There was a guy in Orange County named Bob Harpole, who was an ex-architect, and everything he did was precise and planned and Intricate. So he was going to have a group where everyone would get together, what we call a discipling group, to help each other out. But he wouldn't just have a discipling group. He would have an eight-part series about what a discipling group is. And then he would have a discipling group with everything. So we'd bring in plans, and i have my plans, and he'd have his plans. And the whole time I'm going, man, I wish I didn't go after him. <laughs> but then it hit me, the light bulbs went on. I'm not Bob. I'm never going to be Bob. So why am I trying? And yet so many of us, that is us at work. We're comparing ourselves to everyone else and we're feeling either great in a bad way or we're feeling terrible because we're not just happy being ourselves. Doing your best is all that God wants. And you start to realize God has given you some amazing gifts too. And I started to realize, you know what? I probably have a lot of gifts that old Bob doesn't have. But God has given us, and I believe every one of us in your station at life, that people can say the same thing. You have done everything well. Not as well as Bob, or not as well as Jesus, but God has given us that capacity. Whatever job it is, you can make an impact And be the best you that you can be. This was the gold medal. That's the gold medal they're going to give out in Tokyo this summer. But that just reminded me, you know, Jesus, somebody getting the gold. It's not about getting the gold medal. It's about doing your best. And the amazing thing is that as Christians, by simply living the Bible, you set yourself apart. True. By doing the basic things that Jesus calls every Christian to do, you set yourself apart. No matter what job you do, people notice. And we've had so many people, I can't even go through all the awards and all the times people have been lifted up and everything, just for being Christians and in that doing their best at work. And I promise you that you will glorify God if you love your job and you act righteously at your job. And my next helper, sharer, is Aaron Domingo.
Good evening, family. Like Scott said, my name is Aaron Domingo. Uh, married to my beautiful and spiritual wife back there, Stephanie. Uh, almost for, uh, it'll be three years now. And then we just welcomed our, our uh, baby girl, Sophia, uh, three, two months ago. So, loving life together. Um, and so, like Scott said, I was asked to share about glorifying God at work and what it means to me. And so I'm a first-year teacher, and I have the privilege of actually teaching everyone's favorite subject, PE. Yeah. Yes. You may not realize it, but everyone has this inner athlete that I get to tap into every day. So, yeah. awesome. And so naturally, um, you know, my innate character is to be a people pleaser. Um, and I've noticed that this, this character flaw of mine is most prevalent when I'm, in, when I'm placed in new social situations. And so being a first-year teacher, I have this, this desire in me to, to fit in and to be liked and, you know, to be a part of the team. And so instinctively, I people please. And the way that this can look like at work is listening to gossip. You know, refrain from speaking up when I know that I should. But I don't because I don't want to offend anybody. I can be easily tempted to imitate bad habits. Like if this person's not going to go the extra mile, then why should I? You know, everything that I've shared, I, I know deep down it's likely to happen if I'm not close to Christ. Right? If I'm not being filled with the Holy Spirit before I go to work. You know, I had the privilege of, of being able to witness uh, what being godly looks like firsthand. And I was able to student teach with uh, one of our brothers, Abraham Hernandez. He's also a PE teacher. And so I was able to learn from him and watch him for four months. And every day out of those four months, I've never heard him gossip. He was never late to work, and he taught every one of his classes excellently. And I think he's actually one of those people that knew how to disagree well. It was cool to see his, his convictions at work. Romans 2.12 says, Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So, J- so taking Jesus to the workplace to me means to renew my mind so that I can, I can have the mindset of Christ while I'm at work. When I'm thinking Christ-like, I'm looking for opportunities to build people up instead of engaging in gossip. When I'm not conforming to the world, then I joyfully go the extra mile. When I have the mindset of Christ, I'm looking for opportunities to share my story, that I know that I have power in my story. I recently was able to share um, uh, the story of my dating relationship with Stephanie before we were married to one of my coworkers. And I was just sharing kind of, you know, we were pure throughout our dating relationship, the first time I kissed her was on the altar, and he was just, like, stunned. He was like, what? no, you're supposed to, like, live together and try it out first and see how it works. I'm like, no, well, we just trusted in God. You know, we, we wanted to revere God through, our, uh, through it all. And I don't know where that's going to go. Hopefully that leads to more opportunities to have uh, spiritual conversations with him. Uh, but I'm just planting seeds, right? I'm looking for those opportunities. And I realize that I'm at work for about eight hours a day, sometimes more. And that's a lot of time to spend in one day at one place. And so I know that I'm either going to be an influencer or be the influence. And I hope, church, that I'm going to be the person that influences people for Christ. Now, I'm still a work in progress. I have to fight and challenge myself every day to stand out for God. But I know that this all starts with not conforming to my worldly patterns, but be tra- being transformed by the renewing of my mind with Christ. Thanks for letting me share.
Amen. Thank you, Aaron. Amazing, amazing convictions there. I thought that was so cool to hear. Uh, last point, point number three, be purposeful. As Aaron was sharing, to look for opportunities to share your story. Share what God has done. Share what you did over the weekend. Share what you read that this morning that reminded you of different people. You know, you think about Jesus. What was his job? He was a carpenter, right? It's a trick question. But that really wasn't his job. He, he was a carpenter more of his life than he wasn't, but that wasn't his job. And really for all of us, that whatever job we have, that is not the real job that God is most concerned about. He's concerned about your job that he has given you to fish for men. The purpose that goes beyond this life, the, the reason why you're in the situations that you're in, why you have the contact with the people that you know, that you may be the only one that might be in, around them for them to see what it looks like to live like Christ. To see your faith, to hear your story. I guarantee you, Aaron's workmate will never remember that, never forget that story. Because he's never heard that before. And that's normal for all of you. That's normal in Christ, but it's not normal out there. The friendships you have, the relationships you have, I, just playing basketball and not having anybody curse. That is normal at church. But go to any game, anywhere, and I'll give you $1,000 if you don't hear somebody curse, if it's not at church. Because that's not normal out there. But it's, you know, God has given us so much. It says, in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But do so with gentleness and respect. That God's going to give us opportunities. He's just saying, be ready. Be ready when someone asks you the question. Be ready when they ask you why you do what you do. Be ready when they ask you what motivates you, what you're living for, what you want to retire and do, whatever it is. And if you're like me, most of the time I come up with the perfect thing about five minutes after the conversation. <laughs> I'm like, man, that was so perfect. I could have just said this. And the great thing about it is I think God prepares us so that we can get whatever we wanted to share ready for the next time. And you just put it in your pocket until God provides you another opportunity because, you, as Aaron said, you're with these people for a long time. You're going to see them again. They're going to, you have the opportunity. You know, I was thinking about that question you asked me and what I wanted to say was X. Whatever, that God gives us opportunities to be purposeful with our lives and live out our true purpose. One of the great movies that I've been quoting that my family can't stand is Miracle. Great moments are born out of great opportunity. That God gives us amazing opportunities to share our faith. You know, this Saturday is the greatest opportunity. I think it is the best event we do as a church. These women's, the Women's Wellness Day to have people see Christ and see what it means to have fun, to be spiritual, to have, a good, you know, to have good food. And I pray that we take that opportunity. Not just the women, but the men too. 
you know, to share your faith. And I just share with you a little story uh, for missions this year. I started teaching a spin class at my gym on Mondays from 530 to 6. And so the whole idea was, hey, instead of paying me, they're going to give money to missions, you know. So I'm like, cool, they get a tax write off. I get to give more to missions. And the real reason I wanted to do it is because people pay attention to the person leading the class and they don't really care about the people in the class. Right. You ever notice that they they, they want to hear what you have to say over here. And so last Monday after the class and I just try to survive myself (laughs) and I try to inflict as much pain as I can on them (laughs) because they like it. That's why they're in spin class. Right. That's what they that's what they're there for. And uh, and it was cool to have Amory there last week and he survived. So that that's what I'll say. He was a good sport and I appreciated him come. So if anybody else wants to come, I actually could bring people for free. You don't have to be a member or anything. They're cool like that. But the, the best part of it was at the end of the class to be able to invite. There was like seven, six women and Amory and another guy and myself and to be able to invite them to Women's Day. And to have one girl come up, Mary Lou, you can pray for her. But I just was thinking, man, this is what I'm doing this for, for this opportunity. To help people see Christ there. And, and it's a lot of fun. And I have fun with it. And we sing like one, we do like one of the uh, worship songs in the mix. And afterwards I tell them they all been to church. And, you know, it's a fun, it's a fun time. But it's all with a purpose. And I pray that you let God lead you to have fun with your purpose and look for opportunities. That's what, that's what makes Christianity fun is seeing how is God going to use me today? How, what, what opportunities are he going to give? Is he going to give? And I'm sure that this week, even more than most, he's going to provide a lot of opportunities if we're willing to take them. So as we take communion here, I love this passage. It says, for this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God. If you don't have a communion uh, thing, you can hold up your hand in a minute. They'll get it for you. That he might make atonement for the sins of the people. And I just thinking about Jesus like us in every way. So that means that he probably didn't like Mondays real well. Right. When you think about work, he probably was like, I wonder if he hit the snooze button. You know, we were talking about that last night. You know, I won't make you raise your hand if you hit the snooze button, but it's okay. So he was tempted at work to cut corners. To save a little time, to make a little extra money here or there. He was probably tempted with his clients, you know, with relationship opportunities because it says that he was tempted in every way in other, other places. Maybe tempted with greed to overcharge, you know, to all those things. But ultimately, Jesus' main concern was to be an atonement for us. That as I mentioned, his main job and his main goal was to get to the end and be able to say, it is finished. I did a good job. I finished the work that God wanted me to do. And he's going to say, well done, good and faithful servant. 
And I pray that now as we take communion that we are grateful for the work that he did and we're committing ourselves to live and work for God. And I use those points to enjoy your work, to be righteous and to be purposeful because I want you to come up with your own mantra. If I worked at a job like you, I would come up with that, something like that. And every day when I walked in, I would say, enjoy my job, be righteous, and be purposeful. And I'd probably have to remind myself a few different times during the day to keep my head on where God wanted it to be. And so I want to encourage you to think about what is your mantra for your job. What is something that you're going to tell yourself and pray about and keep yourself focused to be what you need to be for God at work. Let's pray and we'll take our communion together. Father, we thank you for this time. Thank you so much for your word that helps us in all areas of life. God, I pray that you help us to enjoy what you've given us, to, to live for you and to be purposeful for you. Thank you so much for Aaron and for Lacey sharing their, their convictions. And just because of you, we get to live and work in a different way. Thank you so much for Jesus and for his, him finishing his work to help us to forgive our sins. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.